Hello and welcome to another episode of the Koshcast on underthekoshblog.com and at under underscore the Kosh on Twitter. My name is Alex. Bernie is here. Hello, Alex. Hello, Bernie. How are you? I am fantastic. Surprisingly. Shocking, I know, but I am. <laughs> With two days of, uh, of World Cup break, it's, it's hard, to be, uh, hard to be that happy. Um, but joining us today, very special guest, Stephen Scott. Um, Stephen, thank you for joining us. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Thanks for having me on as well. Really appreciate it. Of course, a pleasure. So, Stephen, you are here today to talk to us about Polar SC or Polar Soccer Community. Um, the aim of which is to make Canada a soccer country, um, build soccer as a as a thing in this country. Um, tell us more about it. Yeah, no, um, sort of spot on, and uh, as a as the high level perspective, yeah, the ultimate goal is to. Uh, make Canada a soccer country. And um, of course, there are different ways to define that and there are different ways of going about it. But Mm -hmm. given the limited resources, the limited time that we have, um, we've uh, started to try and go about it this way. So yeah, happy to, again, happy to talk about it. So thanks again. All right. Um, so before we get into Polar SC, um, why don't we talk about like your your soccer background? Um, so as far as I know, we've played football a couple, a couple times together. So, um, yeah, but as far as I know, you are like a data guy, data visualiz- visualization. Sorry, and I know that you were working for the Canadian Premier League a little while ago. Is that right? That is correct. Um, so. Uh, I can quickly go through a CV. Um, so, I mean, I've coached, <laughs> I've coached for 10 years at various levels within Ontario. So I recently got my National B license as well. Um, I also uh, worked at a data analytics company called Sport Logic. So where I basically found, or not, I didn't find anything, but I created a data collection system for them. So that safe to say one of maybe five people in the world that can say that they've made a data collection uh, system for soccer. So that's kind of nice. And then, yeah, the most recent soccer thing I did was, yeah, uh, work as a data analyst, sort of recruitment analyst, as well as an on-field performance analyst for the Canadian Premier League. So that was a lot of fun, very rewarding on multiple levels as well. You know, what's amazing about what he just said is that he's one of five people in the world to have created a data analytics system and he's not working at a Premier League club. This is it's a shambles what's going on in England at the moment, mate. Absolute shambles. What are there they are all definitely doing? Teams that could use it. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, again, like, like if you think about it, there's there's what Stats Bomb, there's Opta, there's maybe Instat, Y Scout. Um, trying to think of other ones, and there was Sport Logic at the time. So yeah, like in terms of how it was created, yeah, like it was it, to me, it was probably the most comprehensive at the time. Um, but that was soon surpassed by stats bomb because they found, I mean, I don't know if they found out what we were doing, but they definitely have gone to the line breaking passes. They've gone to how, uh, they collect it as well to be really, uh, minute, but anyway, I'm digressing now, so I'm really sorry, but yeah, <laughs> no worries. Um, so why, so you, well, two things first, how was working with, with the Canadian Premier League and what, what exactly did that entail? And, and B, if you can say, why did you stop? Yeah, sure. Um, so working in the Canadian Premier League was to be frank, really, like, like I mentioned, really rewarding. Um, I literally get up every day thinking about how can I improve not only the game on a global scale, but also from a Canadian perspective. Um, 
as a Canadian, um, it's, yeah, it's probably the thing I'm most, I care most about. Um, so to me, it, it was incredibly rewarding trying to help players get into the league, um, trying to recruit international players, trying to help clubs perform better on the field as well. So providing reports to them um, after every game was really cool, um, really rewarding. Speaking with professional clubs was also really rewarding and understanding um, how we can improve the teams and then therefore improve the league and therefore improve the standard of play. So extremely rewarding. Um, hats off as well to the entire department that I had there that we worked with as well. Like guys like James Easton, uh, Oliver Gage, Aaron Nielsen, uh, Anthony Totera and JD Ulanowski. Like they're all great guys, really smart um, and uh, really innovative. So it was a good environment from, from that perspective in our, in, in our department and yeah, incredibly uh proud to and privileged to have worked with them um, mm -hmm. and the organization as a whole. And so I only left just because um, uh, I was doing a master's degree and uh, I kind of wanted to, uh, I mean, pay for it. <laughs> for <a long> time. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Fair enough. Yep. And yeah, like, yeah, I just needed to, uh, I needed to focus on that and um, yeah. Um, that that's honestly the longest story short, like long and short of it. Um, I just, uh, needed to do that change for that reason. And, um, yeah, now my life has been incredibly busy and incredibly stressful ever since. But so. I, I, I'm curious about one aspect of, of your former job. You mentioned the recruitment mm -hmm. analyst side. Uh, I'm curious about how you went about that because, there's the Sunderland till I die approach, which is, yeah. hey, let's sign's last hand for this team, right? Which mm -hmm. everyone knows is a waste of time. But what what does it mean to you know to work in recruitment for the Canadian Premier League if if that's the proper contextualization to it? Um, so I'll only speak to what uh, what we did. Um, yeah, I'll speak to what we did, and I thought it was a pretty good way about going about things. Um, so, um, generally speaking, the process was I was lucky enough to work with Twenty um, First Group Data as well. So they basically have like this world ELO rating, um, so you can understand which leagues are better than others, or which ones are similar to the CPL, which ones are not similar to the CPL in terms of league strength. And you can see which leagues are sort of better than the CPL and how far better and so on and so forth. And so who, who are the closest comparators? Probably USL is an easy one. Um, okay. Finland as well. The first division of Finland. Um, the second division of Holland. Um, okay. Better than I thought. Yeah. Those are probably the easiest comparators right off the top of my head. Um, so first... For at least how I tried to go about it was I tried to what I like to call spearfishing, where rather than just sort of analyze all the leagues in the world, you know, I would rather just sort of try and find leagues that were similar in strength or a bit higher. Um, find the leagues that were also similar in uh, like uh, like wages, because whenever I would there was countless times where I would talk to agents, players would be interested, and we talk about wages and then out the door, like not, not happening sure. and not happening too low or whatever. Mm -hmm. So, uh, so those, those were the two main components. And so once that happened, analyze the whole league from a data 
data perspective. So I'd get download data from a certain data source, um, basically look at distributions of different aspects of the game, and identify shortlists, try and reach out to the agents and go from there. So, mm -hmm. yeah. That's wicked. That's yeah. a, it's like a dream job for any, uh, and not, not to belittle it at all. And I hope this isn't offensive, but like a dream job for anyone who plays football manager with any yeah, sort yeah. of regularity. Like this is, this is what you, this is what you think about, right? Yeah. hundred percent. And it's, it's hilarious that you mentioned that because I've tried to play football manager many times and <laughs> like I've, I've had it, I have found it hard just because of the user interface was dreadful in the past. <laughs> I hear it's better, but uh, I, just I think it has improved over the years. Yeah, but the dreadful user interface is all part of the experience. It's what, it's, it's what made it's what made us who we are today. Yeah, it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Um, all right, so that's that's your background. So let's let's get onto Polo Soccer Community. So this is a recent initiative that you have founded or co-founded. Um, mm. So. So what, what is it exactly? Yeah, so I mean, again, right now it's really early stages, but ultimately we, I, I know people within the soccer community uh, in Canada, mostly through Twitter, funnily enough, but of course in, um, in you know, human land and real world and stuff. So, uh, and, it was, and it was sort of similar. I noticed lots of people cared about Canada and soccer and, and what it means to them. And, uh, and mm -hmm. And to me, it was like, okay, well, what's, how can we improve things? And to me, it was, um, you know, how can we make Canada a soccer country? And it's really just about trying to improve the, the ecosystem and the knowledge base. And so the whole point of Polar SC is um, to just create environments where um, collaboration and uh, like constructive collaboration can happen. So people can talk freely look to find solutions for things and just improve their knowledge. And it was sort of inspired by, uh, I guess, like the Austrian sort of cafe culture in the 1930s when they were really good, uh, or in the 1920s yeah, and 30s. So to me, it was, well, what if you just get a bunch of people who really care and just want to talk about football together all the time? Um, hopefully good things can happen and, and improve things over time. Will there be as much coffee and cigarettes as there probably was in austria in the 90s <laughs> i feel like that might have been an important component but uh, we'll, uh, but no, it, we'll try <laughs> sponsorships for the coffee um it sounds like a it sounds like a lovely idea is so is this is the is this primarily virtual or do you intend for this to be physical as well um and who is it that you want to to interact with this or contribute to it yeah so i mean um to answer the first question, right now it is only virtual. Like, mm -hmm. um, it first started with me and sort of having this idea, and I was like, I can't do everything. I don't have enough time. So I'm going to reach out to two people who I know will be interested and will happily sort of contribute. And so, built a Slack channel, and we sort of, you know, have gone from there to adding more people to the Slack channel to sort of build up the community um, internally. And then we said, well, look, let's try and do something externally now. And and do a website just to share knowledge and share ideas and things from there. However, that being said, down the line, I'd love to do events. Like I'd love to, I'd love to get people in a like like what you guys did, kind of you know, just get people in a bar or another or a cafe or another setting where people could just chat about football. And maybe there's like, you know, 
maybe let's say like KJ or someone like that, someone who who's in the Canadian soccer sort of community that can that can gather interest and then we can talk to them. They can share insights. Um, also like conferences, for example, you know, like if we want to have people come together, we sort of share, let's say best practices on, you know, data and how to analyze it or what sort of things to think about and things like that. Just an environment for people can learn, collaborate and, uh, and yeah, just grow really. Um, mm-hmm. So, and I, and I purposely coming from an advertising and branding background, I, purposely tried to make it open-ended so it's then the possibilities are endless so and i think there was another question but i forgot it sorry um i think it was just like who who is it is is this targeted at a specific like is it targeted at professionals who work within soccer or is it fans is it both is it no it's on it for me it was anyone who gives a shit about canadian soccer and so if that's professionals great i mean of course that would be fantastic but ultimately mm-hmm. Um, ultimately the, you know, regular fan is, is more than welcome, you know, to, to, you know, read, uh, get involved in anything like that. Like I'll give an example, um, two examples <laughs> when I was coaching and I was at the CPL as well, um, I'd be coaching and I'd talk with parents af- after the practice and they out of curiosity, Oh, what do you do for a living? And I said, well, I work at the Canadian premier league. And I'm willing to take guesses on what they, uh, what you think they said after that. What's that? Exactly. They said, what is that? And I'm just like, holy crap. Like your, your kid's playing soccer, but you don't know what it is. So that's a problem. Versus when I lived in uh, Germany for six months, uh, which was a great experience. I was on the train from, where was it? Dusseldorf back to Berlin. And I just happened to bump into some professor that was on the train and we, found out that we both liked football and we started talking about football and the, st- and the, mm. the standard of knowledge that the layman fan has there is very good. Oh yeah. That happens way more in Europe. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so, and so to me, like that's a, to me, that's a problem. And uh, yeah, ultimately the goal is to just make sure people are just to improve that. Like just that little thing of, you know, talking soccer in like an intel like a relatively intelligent way, even if you're just a layman fan. You know, those little wins will go a long way down the line, I think. I think it's a great initiative. And I think something that's really, really needed. And, you know, there are multiple ways that people can think about how to grow the game in in, in Canada. You know, I think we all know that it's the most widely played sport amongst youth. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. How do you bottle that, right? And how do you make sure that that interest continues to grow along the way and that kids have an ability to not just play it, recreationally but to some type of way that creates a funnel of talent and you know with recent events i don't know how you feel about this but i also feel there's something that people are ignoring is that the media landscape needs to improve yes it's just trash let me let me let me just <laughs> let me just put it this way like we, we, I we have friends in that media buddy <laughs> I, I, you know when i when i when i go off i'm not talking about people i like <laughs> people i <laughs> <You know? don't> like <laughs> Like, it's just, it, it's a very immature space yeah. where people don't even know. Like, if we're talking about growing the game, right? Mm-hmm. You need to be, know as media how to talk to people you're trying to grow the game for, mm-hmm. if that's your intention as, you know, as media, mm-hmm. right? And I, I don't think we have enough, which is one of the reasons why we're doing what we do. And 
you know, I remember when we started this podcast 10 years ago now, literally we were like, man, people are dumb. Like this is this literally <laughs> part of our, our thought process uh, back then. And I it, admittedly it has improved, absolutely has, mm-hmm. but there's mm-hmm. a lot more work to do mm-hmm. um, because, you know, I'm tired of it. Like the Americans have been, are further down the line than we are. Mm-hmm. And we just read, you know, though that article from the Guardian just destroying these people and i don't i don't want to be that i want to leapfrog that and be way better come 2026 Mm -hmm. no 100 percent. like i I couldn't agree more and i mean a good example of uh of course the yeah the media thing was uh you know that terrible article (laughs) that was written uh about fonzie and Mm -hmm. it was to me it was hilarious right because like what you said totally 100 percent resonated right um with me and it clearly resonated with that guy because i remember i saw a tweet of his uh where it sort of said you know i'm 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 pointing this out so we're better come 2026 and i thought to myself well you know in theory you could be better yourself as well (laughs) right like that because the article was a bit like tone deaf and you know, like you, there's been several people as well that have said like Fonzie never does mixed things. That's just not the kind of media guy that he is. You know, he does what he does and that's that. But maybe someone didn't know that and then got upset and wrote that stupid article. <laughs> yeah. yeah, very possible. So um, one, yeah, well, one thing I noticed um, on the website, so it's polarsc.ca. Is that, mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah. Um, so one thing I noticed on the website is so you have a list of podcasts that you like and and thank you very much in advance because we're on it um but what what's the kind of point that i wanted to get to there is that you're happy to promote like our podcast we talk about cpl and, and canadian soccer sometimes and some usually in in the kind of uh, men's and women's national team context mm-hmm. but most of the time we talk about european football mm-hmm. um and you're perfectly happy to promote podcasts or um leagues that are not canadian Mm. um in a bid to grow the game in general Mm. um and i think that's actually really important because that that's when we're talking about the states that's what happens in the states like mls is there and it's a league but also a lot of people probably most soccer fans watch european Mm. leagues Mm -hmm. and maybe even as a preference but but kind of the rising tide lifts all boats right is Mm. that was that something conscious yeah so i mean um uh, I won't take credit for that one because we have a great uh, uh, Jay Fitzsimmons had that great idea. He's uh, he mentioned, oh, what if we make a list of all the podcasts that are sort of made in Canada, regardless of if it's for you know Canadian soccer or elsewhere. Like mm-hmm. to me, I didn't really care. To me, it was um, let's just get more people talking about it and get more exposure to different perspectives, thoughts, and, and like, and just highlight the fact that there are so many people that really care about this game. And it's like, let's just spread the love a bit and, you know, get, get people watching or watching, listening, whatever, hearing what they have to say. And if more people are listening, then great. Like, you know, more thoughts, more ideas, more exposure will only improve things. You know, so to me, it was no, like, without a question, like, no problem. Fair. Um, and then there's also, I just want to point out, there's a there's a visual on the website of where you can watch 
each league. Yes. Like which channel or which streaming service or whatever, which is very cool. Very useful. Yeah. That was another J initiative. Again, it's, we just want to make the Canadian, a soccer, the soccer experience for Canadians better. Pure and simple, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, if you can access any league that you want, great, go and do it. I mean, to me, I'd love to watch League 2 because I love the city of Grenoble and I want to watch, you know, the team, <laughs> right? But I can't. <laughs> sure. Like, say la vie, I try and watch football where I can. So, uh, yeah, it's trying to make people's lives easier. Well, we'll do it. Yeah. Um, so the the other, next thing I wanted to ask you, so we've talked about media, we've talked about kind of growing the game in general, but what are the other... Are there, are there specific elements that you want to see growth in? For example, tactical um, mm-hmm. or recruitment or analytics or coaching. Like, are there areas that you see as needing more than others, or what, is there a focus? Um, I think, given the nature of how busy everyone's lives are. I will uh, take what I can get from a from a resource standpoint, from a passion standpoint. You know, like to talk about Jay, like he he referees. You know, like if if he ever has the time to do anything to sort of create an initiative to help refereeing or provide resources for that, I'm not going to say no. Like that will improve. That will improve Canada. It will make us help make us a soccer country. Like. I'm happy to provide, um, you know, team up with someone to provide courses or, you know, put on seminars or something like that about recruiting and data and, you know, analysis and anything of that ilk. So long story short, no, like there's, there is no uh, main, I guess, focus, which may be a bad thing um, in terms of we may not be ever fully good at at the subject matter but what i'm really hoping to be good at is fostering a culture of look let's let's get better you know we're all in this, all we're all in this together whether you're at the professional level whether you're at the amateur level heck whether you're playing sunday league and watching the premier league mm-hmm. with your sort of um you know fans in the bar like as long as we're as long as People are getting more knowledgeable. People are, you know, talking about it more in a knowledgeable and sort of collaborative and constructive way. Then I think I think that's important because the last thing I want is people talking about it and uh, just being like, "Oh yeah, they're shit." Like, no, <laughs> like, no, like why? Like why are why are they bad? Right. It's like, oh no, they well they didn't receive on their back foot, and so then they're now facing their own goal. So then they had to recycle possession when they could have just received on the back foot. And, you know, turned, passed forward, and now you have, you know, 5v4 or whatever, right? Like, I want intelligent, constructive things, because ultimately, if you can if you can do that, then that really starts sharing about ideas. Well, what about this solution? What about that solution? And then... If I heard someone talking like that in the bar, I would be bowled over. Uh, just... right? <laughs> so, so, so to me, that's, that's what I want... That's what I want us to, as a country, to become. Like we, we care about the game. We want to play it all the time, um, and we have spaces to do that. You know, um, that's the ultimate goal. Mm-hmm. Um, I, so I want to get Bernie's opinion on this too. So, because because this this comes up a lot. Like some people say, 
some people see the the recent success of, of the Canadian women's national team or, or the men's mm-hmm. and will say, look, we're a soccer country now. Yeah. Um, and then a lot of other people uh, and our friend, uh, possibly mutual friend, Cameron Herbert, uh, most vociferously will say we're absolutely nowhere near it. Um, so a, so Bernie, I want to know from you what, what you think a soccer country is. Like what, what's the threshold? What makes a country a soccer country? And, and Stephen, after that, I want to know like where you think we are, like how far away are we? I, I, I don't think that we're close yet. I think, I think we're 20 years away. Um, from from that and and to me a soccer country is a country where kids are kicking the ball around literally in their backyard like you can just start a game and I mean every kid like because you know I'm from Nigeria and I guarantee you I'm going I'm going there in, in a few days you'll just see you when you're driving you just see makeshift pitch makeshift pitch makeshift pitch just kids just addicted to the game mm-hmm. no matter what and playing it all the time you would hear people on premier league game days right they're v- literally viewing centers mm-hmm. where people mm-hmm. come out they're not like forget the bar viewing center where they come out and they watch the game and then they go home and they talk about the game and it's just you live and breathe the game day in and day out and it's everyone like you like my mom is a soccer fan because she couldn't get she couldn't get route past it because <laughs> of everyone, like you can you just can't escape it and we're very far away from that what I will say is I don't think that Canada necessarily has to be all the way there. Mm-hmm. It's just got to be to a point where consistently we know what to expect from the Canadian soccer landscape. Mm-hmm. And I think we're a little bit away from that. And 2026 will be very pivotal. It'll be very, very pivotal. If that, if a, that goes well, you know, people buy into it, same like USA 94. And also we can produce a consistent product on the pitch. I think you get to a good point. Yeah. No, I, in my opinion spot on. Um, I just, I would, I would agree with Cameron. Uh, I don't think we are, I don't think we are close to it in the sense of a, I'll call it a global perspective. And I, so when I say global, I really actually mean national just from like a macro level, right? Like the, the layman's fan, the layman's person, does not care about soccer, right? They don't even think about it. They don't even know that York United is, you know, 45 minutes trip sure. car ride or that they even exist, right? Like, so I think I think that will take a while. And 20 years may be the number. Who knows? Hopefully it's earlier. But um, uh, yeah, like... It's tough to say as as well, like what exactly makes it right. And I I would agree with Bernie that, you know, people have to play, they have to talk about it all the time and, or not all the time, but at least it has to be sort of almost embedded in the culture in some way, similar to, I guess, hockey, right? Like people know, Mm -hmm. know the Maple Leafs, they know the Oilers, they know the Flames, they know the Canadians, you know, all these other teams, the Canucks and so on and so forth. And yet people play, you know, shinny here. But do they get some random ball and play in the park? Probably not as much, right? Like to play mm-hmm. soccer. So, yeah, uh, it'll take a while. But uh, if you if you keep pushing and uh, have those big, um, hopefully catalytic moments of let's say like let's say the CPL, let's say like 
you know, the women winning a gold medal, like, yeah. um, like the men's making the World Cup and scoring a goal, <laughs> and um, and then hosting, right? Like those, those. Mm-hmm. That's a pretty good, you know, resume to have to try and push things along, and hopefully. Well, I, yeah. Sorry. And I think the, the, the women's league starting a year before the World Cup is actually perfect. Like, that's perfect. I, yeah, I would wholeheartedly agree. I'm, I'm actually really excited about the, the women's league. Um, self-plug as well. I definitely wrote an article about the viability of it. <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> on a, uh, like a player pool. Because I remember the women won a gold medal, and I was like, okay, well, we should have a league, but do we even have enough players? Like... And mm. so I looked at it and damn well we do, <laughs> you know, there are so many, like there are, I even told this to someone the other day, I think it was like 125 NCAA seniors, give or take, like mm. that alone, like forget NCAA eligibility then it's just like they've, they're graduating, you know? Yeah. Well, frankly, even, even like in the, in the leagues that, that I have played in and, you know, Bernie and, and, and you've seen it too like we've played with a number of former u of t varsity players who mm. absolutely could have been playing in a league like ab like no question about it 100%. um and and i know someone who who you know probably wanted to go and play in europe but had to go and play in europe because there was nothing nothing for her to do here so yeah, yeah I, I agree i think it's super exciting yeah yeah i'm looking forward to it especially uh with it, it adds weight if you know Diana Matheson and Christine Sinclair are sort of spearheading it like that that has a that adds a lot of weight to it and uh, I can only hope it uh, helps bring some knowledgeable and passionate people to spearhead it as well especially from like an owner perspective and like a executive perspective and a, yeah. a coaching perspective as well so we'll see hundred percent. All right, um, Stephen, we better leave it there. Thank you so much um, for talking to us about this. So the website, again, is is polarsc.ca. Uh, the Twitter is polar underscore sc. So it's, two, um, it's actually two underscores. Some, oh. some loser has one underscore. <laughs> <laughs> you might need to buy them out. I don't know. <laughs> Hopefully. We'll see. If we get a bit of money, then yeah. All right. Uh, well, if, if we if you want help bullying them off Twitter, we can. Uh, can. <laughs> um, and where can people find you sp- more specifically? Sure. So by all means, give me a follow at uh, at Stephen Mark Scott, um, and Mark is spelled with a C, so M A R C. So Stephen also with a V, if that matters. But uh, yeah, by all means, give me a follow. I'll be promoting the crap out of Polar SC when I can. Um, and all the other contributors that we have, like Jay, like Christina, like Donald, and Mahis, and you now the list goes on. So, wicked. All right, we'll we'll be watching out for for anything new. And uh, yeah, great initiative. Really looking forward to it. Yeah, thank you so much. Really appreciate it. Thank cool. you. All right, thanks, guys.